0: Welcome everyone. We're excited to share some country wisdom with you.
1: King Solomon had a thing or two to say about the path to wisdom. In Proverbs four, he wrote, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure.
0: Join us now for country wisdom. You know, in the book of John, chapter one, speaking of Jesus, he was in the world and the world was made by him. The world knew him not. He came into his own and his own received him not. I think about you, Philip, I mean, God made you, you had not a clue. You you have a very interesting life. Please share with us today some of that.
2: Oh, yes. so I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I'm the youngest of eight children. And I have six brothers and one sister. And the the only girl is right above me in age. So growing up, we were very close. And um, I grew up in a typical inner city neighborhood, predominantly black neighborhood. And um, we had good times growing up. You know, we play, uh, we invent things. Uh, But on the other end, um, the neighborhood had its troubles. Um, Violence, crime, drugs, you name it. And so for me, um, a way of escape was sports. And at a very young age, I played basketball and fell in love with the game. I played since uh, about second grade up into college.
1: You were obviously built for basketball because you're how tall?
2: Yeah, I'm six foot seven.
1: Yeah, there's a basketball player.
0: Yeah, I'm glad yeah. he's sitting down actually. <laughs> that. But that's why we're out here at the park today, right? With with the basketball court All and right. the weed eater going to the background. Yeah, <laughs>
2: fortunately. but. Um, Yeah, I was actually the smallest of the siblings. Uh, One summer I just shot up very tall. And so um, around high school, when I was playing basketball, I began to see that uh, although I grew up in this big family, a lot of my brothers um, were not present during my games and it affected me a great deal. Uh, The reason being is many of them were in and out of the system, the prison system and unfortunately could not be there. So I'm in this big family, and I felt kind of alone in a sense. And so as basketball was my way of escape, it slowly was escaping me and my heart because I began to uh, lose the love of basketball. And so I'm floating through high school. I graduate, um, I get recruited to go to college, and I played two years in college basketball.
0: You're good enough that you're recruiting. So basketball. I was good
2: enough, but I didn't have that confidence or that uh, that edge to to excel me further than that. And I think as a result it was my depression. Fell into a deep depression. And so um, two years into playing basketball in college, uh, I began to feel this sense of need or longing for a relationship with my brothers, you know, us brothers, you know, family. And at the same time, my parents uh, financially, there was a burden that I wanted them to, to prosper. You know, be financially stable, and that relationship with my brothers. So after college, I began to lose sight on what I wanted, and, and all I wanted was for my family to be close, and to uh, for them to have that financial stability. Um, Now that I'm a young man, many of my brothers are out of prison, they're home. And so I go back home from college and I start, you know, building that relationship that I wanted. And um, fortunately, some of the values that I had, I began to lose. And I began to associate with some of their ideas. And of course, well, my my brothers are criminal minded. As a result of wanting money and, and, and uh, this relationship, I began to drink uh, heavily. I began to smoke heavily. Uh, my health was deteriorating at a young age. Well, I'm drinking
1: about, drinking does not help depression. Per, that, yeah. that would make that condition even worse.
2: Yeah, and it did. Um, I fell in more depression. My health was getting bad. I'm about 22 at the time. and. Uh, not playing basketball anymore. And, um, and my brothers, uh, I began to get involved more with them. And I got into the street life, began to sell drugs and, and, and do drugs. And at this time, uh, one of my brothers who I was with named Michael, we were um, heading to a bar and uh, typical night, we're drinking, and I'm drinking heavily. Um, uh, I don't even know all I drunk, but I left this place um, in the worst shape in my life. And as we're getting in the vehicle, um, there was a car next to mine. As they were leaving, they exchanged some words to me. And uh, So they're looking for a fight? I don't know if they're really looking for a fight. I don't know if it was, uh, I don't know what... Their, their mind didn't know them, didn't see them in the bar. But they said something, and it bothered me. And it, it, it was very harsh. And so I was like, you know, what did you say? And they're driving off, still talking as they're driving away. So I go into my vehicle in my drunken state. I'm looking for my firearm. I grab my firearm. And I walk around my vehicle as they're leaving out. I get to the as a, a grass. And I was saying, what did you say? And um, at that time, I pointed the gun. And in my drunken state, as I'm pointing the gun at the at the car, something happened where my arm went up in the air. And when my arm went up in the air, I shot twice. So you're saying
0: that uh, you weren't planning on necessarily raising your arm?
2: I don't know what I was planning on. I I thought I was going to scare them or... I'm just in this drunk mess. I'm angry. I'm, I'm, I'm angry at my life. And I guess I wanted to take it out on something. But by God's grace, I didn't. I'm glad I didn't You're hurt anyone. Shot anymore. in the air instead I of I shot patented. in the air, which is not good. Um, thankfully, no one was hurt. And when I shot in the air, I immediately regretted it. And in my drunkest state, I'm going back to my, my, my vehicle. And I'm trying to leave, I'm, I'm, I'm out of there. And a cop comes behind us and pulls pull me over, I'm driving, my brother's in the passenger seat, passed out drunk. And here I am.
0: And there's the cops.
2: There's the cops.
0: Hey Janice, how are you doing?
1: Hey, you wrote another book.
0: I did, had a burden on my heart and God helped me get it done.
1: So the plan of love, what's it about?
0: Well, it's really about God in eternity saw everything that was going to happen here and his amazing love, he says, I'm going to take care of the problem. I'm going to take care of the situation by giving my own life. He did all that, but we've been lied to so much, we don't see what God has planned for us, what God is doing for us. Matter of fact, the angel came down to Mary and said, uh, you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from, from their sins. sins. Notice it wasn't in, but from. Where
1: can people get the book?
0: Hey, I'm glad you asked. Folks, if you'd like your own personal copy, log on to talkingdonkeyinternational.org. And oh, please, if you would, send us a donation of $12. Or more. Or more. And uh, we'll get you the book, and I'll be happy to sign it for you, too. Thank you so much. The Philip, you ripped off two shots. What happened?
2: Well, what happened next is I surrendered. Cops showed up. Cops showed up. Um, They got behind my vehicle. And I'm driving. My brother's in the passenger seat. And I just had so much regret immediately. Like, what did I do? And I see the lights behind me. And they tell us to get out the vehicle. And my brother's drunk. I'm drunk. And I managed to get out We walk backwards. What did you do with the gun? The gun was um, in... There was a gun on, on the side of me, and then the other guns were in the glove compartment. Oh, you had multiple guns. I had multiple guns.
0: And your brother, is he ever had any scrapes with the law?
2: Yeah, he has a past history uh, with the law, and he's been incarcerated before. So he's got real problems, too, just being with you. Just kind of being way. with me, yes. Yeah. And so I was the legit person. I was the one who did everything right and was uh, law-abiding, so I'm driving. But now he's in the situation that I put him in. So I had so much regret and uh, we just surrendered and um, we walked backwards. They put our hands behind our back and handcuffed us and took us to jail.
0: They have guns drawn and everything? They had
2: guns drawn, they made commands and um, they were waiting for other police to show up and other things they were doing and uh, they arrested us and took us to jail.
0: Next step, now you're in jail, (laughs) booking.
2: Yeah, booking. And so in the process of booking, it's standard that they take your your vital signs and everything. And so as the nurse was taking my blood pressure, I believe she told me that my blood pressure was like 200 over 160, like it was hypertension to the max.
1: You were about to have a stroke.
2: I could have had a stroke. And the, the face she made when she saw the readings, she was concerned. She went and talked to her other nurses And for my time there in jail, um, they were monitoring me uh, almost every day. And so, thankfully, as I was in that process and no longer drinking, no longer smoking cigars, no longer eating bad food, my health began to increase. Just in that short time? Just in that short time. Amazing so you how. got
1: healthier in jail. I got healthier in jail.
0: <laughs> Amazing how God built a human body to repair.
2: Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And I thank God for for His grace. And, and um, at that time, I'm sobering up. My mind is becoming clearer. Um, but then I began to be um, the re, you know seeing the reality that this is not a dream. This is not something that when I was drunk. This is real. And you got in, a bad road ahead of you. I'm in this situation. And I don't know what's gonna happen. Never been in this situation. And um, I was just in a place of, I was at the bottom. And so.
0: What happened to your brother? Where's he through all this?
2: Well, my brother, um, well, later on, like six months later, uh, we go to court. I go to court first, then he went after me, but I got sentenced, um, sentenced to prison and i don't really know what happened to him but i think he did get a few uh, a little bit of time but he was on house arrest Um, but like i said i I told the people that he had nothing to do with it and uh, the guns were mine and it was my doing and then i just wanted to make sure that he was okay
0: because you mentioned to me, real, you and I were talking just briefly. Like he was already what a two-time felon or something. Yeah. he would have been a three-time loser. Yeah, he would have been a three-time
2: because of me. <laughs> so I had all this this guilt and this weight on my on my shoulders, on my heart. And um, last thing I want to do is bring any of my family or anybody into something I did. So I began to tell the truth and, and tell them, you know, hey, this is me. This is my fault. But unfortunately, they were still trying to get him a third strike, or uh, uh, as a violent felon, or whatever they, the term was. And um, thankfully, he didn't get sentenced for that, but he did do some time, just being being with me that night. Yeah.
0: So what was that process now? You're, you finally get to court, you're sentenced. What happened next?
2: So I get sentenced, and in this process of, of being shipped from jail, there's a process where it's called RDC, where you go to find out where you're gonna serve your time. And so I'm in this place for about two and a half weeks. And during this two and a half weeks um, is where I, something interesting happened. So when I go first into this cell, and the cell is only like six by eight, I'm six seven. I was
0: gonna say, <laughs> tiny cell for you.
2: And there, I'm there alone, there's two bunks. And when I heard those bars close behind me, this is real this is it, I'm about to go through this process. I don't know what's about to happen. But as I'm pretty much crying at this point, and I'm pretty much just in a a very deep despair, something impressed me to go to the bunk, the top bunk of the cell. And I lifted up the mattress. What were you looking for? I don't know. I just felt impressed to do it. And I'm looking up underneath the mattress and I see all of these books underneath there to read. You know, what else are you going to do, right? But one book that stood out to me was a Bible. Oh, wow. And for the very first time, I began to think, wow, you know what? I've never read the Bible. Even though you grew up in a Christian home? Even though I grew up in a Christian home, I've never read the Bible for myself. And so I saw a, a new King James Version Bible. I began to pick it up and read it. And keep in mind, I'm in here for 23 hours of the day, minus going out to eat dinner and shower and sleeping. You had nothing to
1: do but read. Nothing to
2: do but read. And as I'm reading it, something begins to happen in my heart. And when I thought that this was the end of my life, that there was no hope for me, God is saying, no, this is not the end, but a new beginning. And I began studying it every single day. And I started in Genesis, and I kept reading all through the Bible. And I saw in this beautiful storyline of God wanting the best for His people. And He's wanting to bless them, and He's wanting to be in their life, and He's wanting to dwell with them. And I said, wow, what a, what a great God. But one thing I noticed with the Israelites in the Old Testament, where they kept disobeying God. And I was thinking, I said, Why are they so disobedient? All God wants to do is bless them. And then- It hit you. (laughs) It hit me. Well, what about me? Look where I am. And so here at the bottom, in a a hitting rock bottom, only place I could do was look up. And I thank God for his grace that he was not gonna leave me alone, but he will be with me through this process. And for this two and a half weeks, I had so much peace and the guilt and the shame that I brought on my life and my family, and putting my brother through that was all gone. It was as if God is in control.
0: Some people are gonna really have a hard time and say, change a heart? How could, what happened? You know, I mean, you're in a prison cell and you're reading that. How could that ever change anybody? But you're a living testimony. Living to testimony. Yes, they can.
2: And um, you know, the Bible says in Jeremiah 13, 23, can an Ethiopian change his skin or a leopard change his spots? So how can you do good who are accustomed to do evil? And here I am, my life is, a, is, oh, is showing what changed me from being that to where I am now, only by the grace of God.
0: But you still got to live it out. You're still going through the process Exactly, now.
2: still going through the process. So something began to happen in my heart. And naturally, I wanted to study more and I wanted to you know spend my life doing what god wanted so when i got shipped to the place where i was incarcerated finally again i began to read the bible learning how to pray and trying to walk walk in the truth that i've been reading and um something interesting happened during my process there was a person next to me a bunkie and he was an older fella he was about 60 and i think he only had maybe like a middle school education and he gives me this book he said hey this is a great book, you have to read this book. And I'm like, what book? And he shows me the book, and it says, what your fifth grader should know about. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) in my mind, I'm like, I've been to college, you know, it's like, and I put the book on my bunk, I go down and play pool and recreation. Something is telling me, hey, go read that book. And I go up there and I read the book because one thing I was asking God is, what happened the last 2000 years? What, why so many denominations? And I go up and read the book, and I get to the book part about history, and they start talking a little bit about the Reformation. Never heard of the Reformation, never heard of Martin Luther and all these uh, uh, Protestant uh, leaders, founders. And so that was a, a, a plant that I believe God put in my heart to go and search more. So I began to search more and more and more.
0: So you spent about a year about studying a year.
2: and praying. and. Yeah.
0: And growing, you were growing.
2: Yes, yes.
0: What what happened? Uh, you know, when you got out. I mean, what did you do then?
2: Yes, good point. Um, when I got out, still I began to, to to try to honor God with my life. And um, when I got out, um, who is the the lady who's now my wife? Uh, she was with me through the process of my incarceration. I didn't know her when I committed the crime, but uh, I met her after that, and she stuck with me.
0: I gotta stop you just for, you met her after you were in jail?
2: Yeah, so I was in jail, and I bonded out 30 days later.
0: Okay, bonded out, somebody paid, or you got bail? or? Yeah, whatever. I got bail, okay.
2: and I bonded out, and uh, that's where I met her. Okay. And though, when I went to court and was uh, sentenced, she stayed with and me. And she
0: was looking for a fun-loving, gun-toting guy and yeah, <laughs> party exactly. guy. Yeah, okay. that was me. So okay.
2: she found what she was looking for. But when I got out, you she found a different person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not the guy that I no, was No, not at
2: all. And <laughs> so yeah. she was wrestling with this new me. And she thought some of the things that I was doing was a little weird. You know, she'd come home. She'd find me reading the Bible, find me praying. Honey, let's go party. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, no, let's no, go no. drinking. I'm like, ah, no. And so something began to happen in her life as well. But during this process, I began to get evicted on, on our lifestyle. I'm living with her. She's now pregnant. And I've been saying, hey, we're not living right. You know, I want to honor God. He, he, he blessed me so much. And if you go along with this, you'll be blessed too. And so we decided to get married. Um, at the process of, of that, I was looking for employment. You know, I want to get on my feet.
1: Having been in jail,
2: that probably didn't help. No, it didn't help at all, but I kept trusting in God. But
0: you're just getting all of this, all this conviction and direction out of the Bible.
2: Out of the Bible. And so, and at the process that God is showing me these things, and my life is, is being blessed by it, I said, Lord, where do I go from here? Because I know I need to fellowship. But there's so many churches where do I go and he's began to direct me so I'm praying what happened still last 2,000 years why is so many denominations and then I one day I was leaving an interview for a job and I'm catching the bus I wasn't too familiar with the bus system
1: you're still in Indianapolis
2: yes still in Indianapolis and I had to transfer from one bus to another and when I got off the bus I saw across the street, as the bus passed me, I saw the church, and it said, Glendale Seventh-day Adventist Church. And so I go home, I tell my wife, hey, I believe I found the church. And we go to the church. We uh, go that following weekend. It was a gentleman who came to the door, and we introduced ourselves. And it was her that he said, hey, I detect an accent." Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Costa Rica. He said, oh, really? My wife's from Costa Rica. And so that was uh, something that God used to get her in the church. And so when we was introduced to this church, we were just loved by the people. We saw it was so diverse. We were hearing the word of God, and it was, it was a beautiful thing to experience.
0: So God led you to step by step by step. By step. You're with us here today, and I know there's a glow in your heart and in your life, and we've been talking with you and your sweetheart and wife. Are you happier now than you were in previous times?
2: Oh, very much so. Um,
0: would you change anything?
2: You know, when you think about that experience, you wish you didn't do it, of course. But what happened in the midst of that and the outcome of it, I would not change it.
1: But the amazing thing is that God, you know, you can totally mess up your life. Yeah. And and God doesn't say, well, you did it to yourself and walk away.
0: This, this is not the felon that's standing here. You know, this is a child of God. Different person, right?
2: By God's grace.
0: You know, what, what, uh, what is there in your life that you'd like to share with others? Um, why should they maybe take your journey? Maybe there's somebody even in jail who gets to watch this program. But what would you tell them?
2: You know, being in jail, there's uh, many things you can spend your time doing. But the best thing that you can do is study God's Word, get closer to Him. And not only will he bless you in your time there, but he'll work things out in your life that you would never imagine. And I like the, that verse that says, seek ye the Lord while he's here. You know, call on him while he's near. And so I would encourage that person, while you have the time, seek God's face, why wait? He has so much in store for you.
0: You two in, in your marriage and before, have gone through some really interesting times, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, For those couples out there, what would you tell them? How does God enter into what he's done for the two of you?
2: The way he blessed us is, is beyond words. And I think the best thing that we can do is have Christ in the center of our marriage. And I would encourage that couple to have Christ in the center of your relationship. He knows things that we don't know, and he will give you desires that you would never desire, but it will bless your life tremendously.
0: It's a little different, but I'd like you to look right into that camera and tell people what God means to you and how just, you know, from the depth of your heart.
2: What God means to me is that no matter where you come from, no matter what you've done, God is a God of mercy and of love. And He will do things in your life that you will never imagine. The best thing that you can do is give your heart to Him. He created you, and He has redeemed you by the blood of Jesus. And so, honor Him with your life, and and call on Him right now in your time of need, and He will bless you in in a tremendous way.
0: Hey, Janice, how are you doing?
1: Hey, you wrote another book.
0: I did. had a burden on my heart, and God helped me get it done.
1: So, The Plan of Love... What's it
0: about? Well, it's really about God in eternity, saw everything that was going to happen here, and His amazing love, He says, I'm going to take care of the problems, I'm going to take care of the situation by giving my own life. He did all that, but we've been lied to so much, we don't see what God has planned for us, what God is doing for us. matter of fact, the angel came down to Mary and said, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from, from their, their sins. sins. Notice it wasn't in, but from.
1: Where can people get the
0: book? Hey, I'm glad you asked. Folks, if you'd like your own personal copy, log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. And please, if you would, send us a donation of $12. Or more. Or more. And uh, we'll get you the book, and I'll be happy to sign it for you, too. Thank you so much. Introducing Talking Donkey International. God once used a donkey to spread His word, but He'd rather use all of us. Our experienced team has preached, taught, and filmed in countries around the globe. In partnership with you, our mission is to share the life-saving love and hope found only in Jesus Christ with everyone in this lost and dying world. Your financial partnership with Talking Donkey will enable this exciting ministry to proclaim that Jesus is coming soon. It's time to prepare quality programming created to attract and reach viewers of the world. Together, we can carry the final Advent message to the individuals of planet Earth and hasten the return of our Lord. Please pray for and support the successful mission of Talking Donkey International. Thank you for watching. Join us again for another exciting country wisdom.
1: See you next time.